Film Review Podcast. I'm Nick. And I'm Emily. And we're going to talk about some movies. We went to the drive-in on Saturday. Yeah, we did. Oh, and uh, by the way, mm-hmm. Nick has a cold right now, so he I'm might have sick. to clear his throat a few times, but you know. he's just that dedicated okay. to this project. Not that... contagious <laughs> through audio waves. <laughs> oh, thank God. Oh, wait, no. I'm in the same room with you. <laughs> Crap. I might get this. Yeah, you're Anyways, yeah, we went to the drive-in, and uh, we, we were just talking about how crazy it is that Pennsylvania has, like, we where we're at, we ha- I think we literally have four drive-ins that we could go to. What's the fourth one? Uh, the one in Hazleton that I told you about that we've never been to. I didn't know. It's probably sketchy. But anyways, no, but I, I, does anyone out there know of a state with more drive-ins per capita? than pennsylvania because i think we got the most i think i'm gonna put money on i'm gonna say five dollars to someone who can prove that they have (laughs) more drive-ins that's like that's like our entire budget damn (laughs) seriously no i five five bucks to anyone who can find more drive-ins at in another state per capita well there there we go anyways so we went to the point drive-in which is the one outside danville here fully recommend it uh to see a new release film new releases at the drive-in they have brand new releases we saw oceans eight and we saw most but not quite all of Life of the Party. Yeah, because we do the double feature thing where we like go from one screen and then we after that movie ends, we drive to the other screen. But if there was a kids movie before it, like in this short. case, then we missed the beginning of the second feature. Yeah, Anyways. Because like, Emily didn't want to watch Deadpool 2. <laughs> Understandable. Yeah. I, I won't. No. No. <laughs> just no. <laughs> Anyways, so moving on. We no saw, Deadpool baiting. We saw like two total like chick flicks. Uh, you think they're chick flicks? Well, I don't think they're chick flicks. They're just very lady oriented, as opposed to Deadpool, which is really just just Deadpool's very. It's a very penisy movie. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, <laughs> well, it's you such a boy movie. Watched it, so I I, mean, I watched enough of the first one to know that yeah, like yeah. it's just if you don't have a wiener hanging off your body, there's just like no way you can get into it. The most interesting thing about Deadpool, the Deadpool movies, is that they actually have uh, what's her name. Um, she was like a singer, black actress from the 1960s. Leslie Uggams is in those oh movies. Oh my word. Yeah, I know. I thought she was dead. <sighs> but she's in the Deadpool movies. Ah. Uh, which is really kind of interesting. sad for her in a way. Well, you know. It's just weird. Anyway, uh, we should talk about the movies we're oh, actually yeah, going to talk so about. Yeah, so wait. So we saw Ocean's 8, the all-lady Ocean's 8. Let's talk about Ocean's 8. And, and then we saw Life, Life of, of the Party. Party. Did we already say that? We I already might be said that. <laughs> Sorry. Where and was I, ha- I? And I'm sick. I, I have the cold. I have no excuse. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting in the sunlight, maybe. It's frying my brain a little. Anyway, uh, so we saw Ocean's 8, which I was actually really... I, I was looking forward to seeing that one because, I mean, I you know, whatever. I saw the Ocean's 11 movie way back in the day. With Did you see Ocean's 12 and 13 as well? See, that I don't fully remember. And yeah. it's probably because they weren't... I, none of them are, like, fantastic. I'm pretty sure... They're not, like, the best movie you've 12, ever seen. I saw 12, but didn't see 13. If I have to put money on it, 
You want to put money no, on no, it? No, okay. There's no way of proving that. I don't think there's any way of proving that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We um, could find a witness. but And we saw the, we watched relatively recently the original Ocean's Eleven as well. Oh, right. The yeah, one with, with uh, Frank Sinatra and all Sammy those Sammy Davis. Yeah. Dean and, and Martin. What, the Brat Pack? Yeah. Rat Pack? Rat Pack. Rat Pack. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm out of control here. Anyways. So. No, Emilio Estevez. Um. So yeah, so Ocean's Eight, All Lady Ocean's Eight. I, I, oh yeah, let me start by summarizing this, okay? Okay, go ahead. This is, get go ready, ahead. get ready. I'm ready. A group of eight women form together to steal some jewelry. That's it. That's 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 the summary right um, there. Or you could say, um, it's Ocean's Eleven minus three plus jewelry, all ladies. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, I liked my version, which was way shorter. Because but it's there's no, really no, no. not I, much I think you word need to for know. Word mine's a little bit shorter. Okay, but, but also, so so the thing is, some of this movie is beat for beat Ocean's Eleven, and and then when it's not, it's kind of not any good. Well, let's just. Well, I, mean, I mean, can I just say, okay, like a blanket statement? This this movie's not any good. Anyway, I mean, it's not like yeah. it's not like a total piece of rubbish that you're like, God, I wish I had my money and my time back. No, it's not like that. But it's just. It's not a very well-executed movie. If There's some disconcertingly weird choices in terms of the production values. And and story is just, I don't know, it's not a great heist. It's just not a great heist. I think it's kind of shackled by being kind of sort of a sequel to the Steven Soderbergh Oceans movies, you know? Because number one, you start off with, with Sandra Bullock, who's the main character in this film. She uh-huh. plays Debbie Ocean, a heretofore unknown sister <laughs> of George Clooney. <laughs> It doesn't uh, matter. George Clooney's Danny Ocean. Even same first initials, right? Right. So it's very like, it's kind of clony. It's kind of weird. And and huh. then the first scene is basically the first scene of the first Ocean's Eleven movie. Um, do you remember? Like, cause it starts, I don't remember. Well, it starts with him getting parole and getting out of jail. And he's got a nice suit on. Huh. And then he goes and finds Brad Pitt and tries to get this, like, you know, this, this uh, heist going. Mm-hmm. But come on. I mean, it's the same thing, right? Because in this, Sandra yeah. Bullock gets gets parole, gets puts on her nice clothes, gets out of jail, and goes and finds Kate Blanchett to get the heist going. Yeah, it's exactly the same. Well, that's because I, you know, I think that a lot of parts about this movie were like they, they it's not a very original movie. It, yeah. they're, they're like, oh, let's put women in it. That's original, and then they just stopped there. They were like, that's all we need, women. <laughs> women doing a high, like an all woman heist movie. That's enough originality. Let's not get too crazy here. Oh, can let's, I just let's just go. Can let's I just, just say slot women into men's roles traditionally. Is there any reason any of these characters actually needs to be a woman? I mean, arguably Anne Hathaway. Okay, Anne Hathaway does. Yeah. To wear the jewels. Yeah. But anybody else? Is there any reason? I mean, listen. When the one time I saw Charles Barkley in person. Yeah. He was wearing that much jewelry. Oh, so, I mean, so it could be a dude. You could have a dude wearing Shaquille that much. Shaquille O'Neal goes to the Met Gala. Yeah. He's got a bar or wait, or something is that who life. I saw? I think it's saw. You saw Shaquille O'Neal. Not Charles <laughs> Bar- Would you say Bradley? Barkley. Okay, you said Barkley. He is a basketball player. <laughs> you should edit For that second, out. I thought you I said don't know. Charles Bradley, like the, the soul singer. <laughs> oh, my God. You've never I heard wish. of no. <laughs> What is this sportsing reference you're anyway, making? Shaq, Shaq was wearing Shaq was wearing a lot of jewelry. Major shackles. You know, everybody knows Mr. T wears they a lot of jewelry. Like, amazing so so but but there's nothing really in the script i don't think that makes it necessary Uh, for any of these characters to be women 
Yeah. No, I think that pretty much all of them could be men instead. Yeah, which which to me seems like a missed opportunity because it would be really kind of interesting to make a movie that's more about them being women or where where it's predicated on them being women. I'm just not <laughs> quite positive how exactly you'd get there, but you I think you could. I feel like really, I mean just back it up and and to to make anything more interesting be like like you know like to, to have a movie that merits having those choices be more intentional and thought out, like you'd have to have a lot more other yeah, stuff okay. going on that gives this this movie value there's besides really... just like giving characters more reason to be the gender that they are. Because <laughs> there's, oh man, I I feel like I'm going to trash talk this one a lot, but I it's think... not, I'm, I just want to say again, it's not rubbish. It's not like the stupidest thing you've ever watched. If you watched like Ocean's Eleven and Ocean's Twelve and Ocean's Thirteen and whatever, and you're like, "Oh, I like a heist movie," then go see the, this. Is like a fun movie. It's a so, it's a fun movie. It's kind of it's. Um, I think the biggest, most obvious, glaring couple of things about it, like for me, are well, like the choppiness of the editing, and uh, the kind of horrifying latex mask quality. Uh, wrinkle filters that they had and all the makeup on the women except for a couple of people in it but well because they they hired older actresses relatively speaking we're not talking like judy dench we're talking like (laughs) on their way there though how old old is sandra bullock now uh, okay are you gonna look it up okay so sandra so i'm gonna just go over like sandra bullock she's in that category right kate kate blanchett's in that category uh 64 when 64 it was when she was born Oh, 64 no, years old. <laughs> well, then she's only 54, right? Yeah, but that's that's not young. No, you know? no, no. And then Kate Blanchett's probably around that, right? Helena Bonham Carter is older, I think. Is a, I think she's, she's the oldest of older. them, in fact, if I had to guess. Yeah. Uh, Rihanna's in this. She's a youngin. The Asian gal, uh, Aquafina, she's young. Born in 69, so she's almost 50. She's 49. All right. I guess. So, I mean, you're talking like late 40s, early 50s for a lot of these women, which, yeah. which is. It's fine, but well, for um, like three three key women in it are are you know yeah forties to fifties pushing pushing fifty right Helena Bonham Carter did you say did you figure out how old she I mean was? we could figure out exactly but she's <laughs> around that same age uh, too anyways but yeah they Helena Bonham Carter didn't look quite so like death mask of Helena Bonham Carter to me but but you thought <sighs> but Bullock I I felt like the, yeah the two of them had like this I, I and again. We were at the drive-ins, so maybe on like good quality resolution screen and it actually probably theater, make it look worse. It might look worse, actually. You're right, but I, I, it was like a disconcerting thing to see women who should have wrinkles have like zero wrinkles because they did the weird like, you know, airbrush out every single wrinkle from every frame of this movie technique. And but then besides that, they also had them in like ridiculous amounts of makeup. But I think that was part of the style that that was part of I think that the I think that the 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 woman factor in this was sort of uh given to the the makeup and the hair and the and the mm. costume designers and they you know and and even like some of the subject matter being like that it revolves around a heist at the Met Gala ball mm. uh or the, the Met Gala the Met Gala Gala and ball same thing <laughs> anyways the Met Gala ball spectacular event <laughs> extravaganza soiree soiree <laughs> Fet, fet, fet. <laughs> Anyways, um. Feated. <laughs> anyway, but. Feating. But I think that they, the I think that they said, oh, we're going to make this like really glitzy and glamoury and we're going to do that by putting women in ridiculous amounts of makeup. 
and having their hair look over-processed with dye and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, but don't you think it's just kind of also because they're trying to hide the fact that these ladies are getting older? Yeah, a but there's a degree to which, like, if you put, if you put too much makeup, too much heavy eyeliner on an aging lady, it can make them look a lot older. Yeah. And I think that they did sort of, like, make them look like these kind of... It was it was getting a little bit like ab fab for me, you know. <laughs> it was it was okay. pushing it. I'm just saying, so, like those two things were really pushing it. So 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 this is a this is a movie that's a heist movie, right? But do you ever understand exactly what they're going to do before they do it? Is it a heist with much of a plan that you're in on as a viewer? I mean, I think that they give you a little bit here and there. Yeah. And then you have to watch the unraveling of it on, the, like... Does it ever seem like they're going to get caught? No. 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 And and I will... Is there really a villain in this movie? Mm, no. Yeah. No. It's a pretty, pretty tensionless movie in a lot of ways, right. isn't it? Uh, I found it, I found it deeply strange, actually. I mean, you know... Y- like, like can, does it pass the time? Does it sort of work as a heist movie? <laughs> barely, but I think really barely is the answer. And there are a lot of things really wrong with this film. It's kind of interesting because, you know, in sheer numbers, not adjusted for inflation, it actually did better uh, opening weekend than Ocean's Eleven did, than any, any of the Ocean's movies did previously. Wow. Uh, so I think we're going we're gonna to clearly be looking at Ocean's 9 and 10 until they, <laughs> you know... It's rip like... a, a hole in the dimension and, and <laughs> get to Ocean's Eleven yet again. But but this is one of the most unpromising uh, 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 you know franchises I can think of in recent memory. I think the, the, the shitty Jurassic Park is just about equal, if not <laughs> slightly better. Because uh, the, tra- the actors in that are at least a little bit more charming. This, okay, first of all, can I just say that I think Sandra Bullock is entirely, woefully miscast in this role. She does not play George Clooney. She plays off of George Clooney fine, but she's really called on to be George Clooney. Like her role is basically George Clooney and she comes off weird. And I don't know. I mean, like, like, do I, am I a misogynist for thinking this? But like when she was robbing people in the beginning of the movie, when she was like stealing makeup and whatever from that one place, I felt bad for the people she was stealing stuff from. You're not supposed to think that in a movie about (laughs) lovable rogues. I felt like she was kind of a bad person. Yeah. Why did I feel that? I think well, because she was like she was like badgering poor people at at, at retail counters who were just doing what they're supposed to do. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like there was not a lovableness to her roguery. Her roguery <laughs> was say. not very roguish. I and, think. And mostly she just sort of stood around and glowered, and she's not any good at doing that. She's a no. charming actress in a lot of contexts. This was a really kind of bad context for her. Yeah. I feel like Kate Blanchett could have done that role a lot better than the role she ended up with, which is a, kind of the sidekick. Um, you know, she her costume, I thought, made her look like a blonde Chrissy Hind a little bit. But she was given almost next to nothing to do. Kate Blanchett? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she wore vests really well and, and leather pants, and then she walked around and, you know... And said, I, don't pull a job within a job. Yeah. Well, everyone knows. That's what it yeah. is. You pull jobs within jobs. Yeah. I will say that they, they uh, yeah, they, they, I think Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock are sort of the two central characters of this. And 
they don't have a whole they don't have much chemistry on screen no. i mean maybe that's partly cuz they airbrushed out all the chemistry from their face <laughs> facial expressions but as opposed to the steamy tension that you have between George Clooney and Brad Pitt in the original i think original those dudes ones. love each other <laughs> genuinely so. love so each too, other yeah. and I, you know in yeah. in a in a wonderful way but there's this was like this just felt like people walking the catwalk, you know, and just like not making facial expressions and just doing the strut. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you have, you have uh, Helena Bonham Carter, who can be a pretty good character actress. She's not been called on to do anything really interesting in a number of years. She's been in mostly Tim Burton's movies and they've been not worthwhile at all. But uh, she definitely tries to be a bit of comic relief in this movie. She's playing a Vivian Westwood style character. And she, uh, she definitely pulls a lot of faces. She's definitely making faces more than than any of the other. She is. Characters. She also does like fun things like wear two pairs of glasses at yeah. once, you know. And I mean, she's she's definitely like a way more fun. I will say she she is actually doing a good job in it. Um, and Anne Hathaway in, in kind of a, a pretty central performance, I yeah. think, does does a good job. And actually, she's actually surprising. I thought, didn't you think that it like sort of she's doing one thing and then like halfway through the film she switches and becomes this much more real character. Yeah. I mean, I don't real, know about for, real, but, yeah, but, but more real than like a lot of the other people in this film are, being. but she's fun in a similar way though, though a more realistic, but a similar way to, I think what I, uh, Michelle Williams was in, in the Amy Schumer movie this year. Where oh she was playing, yeah. You know, I feel pretty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The little character role. And you're allowed to be like this, like famous rich person and you get a famous rich lady to play it and they really have a good time doing it mm-hmm. she felt like she was having a good time in this movie and she was about the only yeah. one i think i saw up there well that i felt like that yeah i think helena bottom carter was was giving it a very dedicated performance yeah. and i think anne hathaway came up with things that she was doing um that she enjoyed I think that the um, let's our little like uh, multi ethnic trio that they threw in there, which was Mindy Kaling, 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 Mindy Kaling, I think, and uh, she's she's fun in it, but she's not given a lot. She's Rihanna is in it, and she's fun, but she's not given a lot. I think she's got three lines. Um, yeah, and this Asian gal who's who goes by Aquafina. <laughs> Aquafina. Who was actually very enjoyable and did not have the death mask of too much makeup. Like they gave her almost no makeup, which was very interesting. Uh, she was pretty. She was actually you know, a really okay. enjoy. Well, because okay. I think a lot of the things that were written into her part were more well conceived than the other characters. Let me ask you characters. a question. Okay. How many movies do you think have have a scene where a magic pickpocket is being hired for a job and pickpockets? some some item of the person hiring them and then the the wiser person involved to hire, hiring them says oh and before you go can i have my blah 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 back <laughs> just how many movies yes give me a give me a that rough is estimate. not original at all okay but like just <laughs> over all of movie history like 50 maybe let's I th- say five zero I, I think we're in at least triple digits now <laughs> okay, okay. i think we're at okay least okay but let digits. me ask you how many times have you seen a movie where people are like luxuriating and and pulling a heist that they don't really need to because they're all wealthy and their little um, Asian pickpocket buddy says, "Hey, can I get a, a metro card? Because I'm skateboarding here every day from where was it Brooklyn or something? I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I thought that was actually a really interesting detail because usually the people that are making these movies don't know about metro cards either because they just get like linking cards to drive them around everywhere. Yeah, I yeah. thought there was some really like she had maybe one or two like interesting lines like that, but still, um, 
I don't know where I was going with this. There was, <laughs> essentially, like, yeah, there were, like, some not very, like, like, Mindy, Mindy Kaling was, I mean, she's, she's, she has a screen presence. She has she's big fans. She yeah, has, yeah. but like they gave her hardly any. There was one point where I was like, "What happened to Mindy? Like, where yeah. is she? Because she she's gone. She disappeared. Me. Yeah, movie. she was in the bathroom for half of it. Actually, <laughs> she was. Um. Yeah, but I mean, even before then, they were like uh, when they set up like, okay, this is our team, and then like you don't see Mindy for like forever, and you're yeah. like, oh, I guess she's not in on this heist now? So, I don't know. The other thing I want to say is that this movie's directed by a guy whose name is uh, uh, Gary Ross. And Gary Ross, I got a soft spot for him because he wrote big back in the day. The oh, Tom wow. Hanks, The Tom Hanks, you know. He's been around. He's been around. He started off as a writer, wrote big, which I think is a, is a cleverly written movie. It really really works for the most part. It's a classic. And then he became a writer-director. He made a bunch of movies I'm not interested in at all, including Seabiscuit, um, Free State of Jones. He he directed the first Hunger Games movie, which I think uh, it doesn't really have a lot to recommend as far as a filmmaking process. But he made this movie called Pleasantville in the later 90s that, that uh, while not entirely successful, is certainly a pretty ambitious movie um, that's about, like, Toby or Toby McGuire, or is it the girl that falls into the? Uh, I can't remember which it is. It's it, about I literally haven't seen it since it came out back then. It's about so. somebody sort of falling into the world of nineteen fifties TV shows, basically. Yeah, I remember. And, and, uh, isn't there like a gimmickiness to it? Like it's in black, it's in and, black white and white or something. And so as the person introduces aspects of modern society, it sort of bleeds into color and confuses right. people. It was actually pretty high concept in the way it was made. Uh, kind of an interesting movie. Actually, a lot to say about this. Uh, false sense of nostalgia for an America that doesn't exist that I think ended up getting somebody elected uh, a couple of years ago. <laughs> but that being said, this movie is a mess visually. This it movie, is. like, we don't know where we are half the time. We don't know the shape of the rooms. Like, Kate Blanchett's hidden lair, apparently somewhere in New York City, looks Maybe like the, Red Hook. Looks like sure. the abandoned, uh, uh, you know... Foot Clan layer from the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. <laughs> That's what it reminded me of more, more than anything. But what is that supposed to be? I, I don't no know. Idea. And I swear to God, randomly, they, he just cuts to like overhead shots of New York City. Where in New York City? I have no we idea. don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of... That's what I meant when I said that the editing is really one of the primary uh, features of this that ruin it for... You know, it detract from it being like a cohesive, well-made movie for me. Yeah, one time, at one point... Elliot Gould's like lurking behind a mausoleum just to <laughs> remind people that there were previous movies. I don't know, but it doesn't need to tie in at all. Anyway, it doesn't what I mean? really like, matter. Yeah. Like that, there's, that. there's, I think the thing is here, let's, let's, let's encompass then in this in like a, 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 you know, an explanation of maybe why this sort of doesn't pull together is that you have a heist as your central structure for like the, the story right yeah. so it's like people getting together to pull a heist right which is done in many many movies it's great i love heists you love heists but yeah. this one has the aspect of they're also putting together a team of eight people right so it's a big team for a heist yeah and well originally it's seven people and then anna hathaway kind of has to join them so it becomes eight but anyways there's there's like this kind of episodic uh, cast and there's an episodic way of telling the story of how they're going to pull a heist and all of that is just leading up to I think there might be like a good 10 minutes of the actual heist event 
do you think 10, I think 15 it's minutes? That, but either way. About 15, 15 or 20 minutes, shall we say? Yeah, 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 sure, sure. But that, to me, that's the only part, of, like the actual during the heist part is the only part of the movie that really feels like somebody was like really trying to put a story together. The rest of it is sort of almost has um, the feel of like half-read magazine articles about something. You know, it's yeah. it's it doesn't it doesn't flow, it doesn't have a uniformity. It doesn't have like a a, a drive saw, towards like the action. So so number one, the, the like, why are these people robbing the Met Gala? Just because they can. There's like you know, I think a good heist movie needs a good sort of. Uh, uh, a motivation motive yeah well you when know? you have eight people they're not all gonna have the same number motivation two, number two so there's no motive for these people to do what they're doing number two there's there's like why why are they all super loyal to each other Just no that makes no sense Just because they're ladies? at all i mean you know no ladies are no, not that loyal to each no other tension, i'm just gonna say right now <laughs> like the tension of a, of a team you know robbing a whole bunch of money and then like you know maybe one person wants to bump off another person to take a bigger share that's you got kind of a plot there yeah a spark of something yeah you see, got you got no everyone just is really nice the end number three mm-hmm. uh, i swear to god this this script must have been written at least five years ago because it hinges on like what was then groundbreaking technology like google glass <laughs> and 3d printing <laughs> you know like like it's yeah it's got it's it's got this like whiff of dated future technology about it that i think is is really kind of pretty unappealing mm-hmm. um it's just i think this movie does not work on almost every level it's you know if it, if it's saved by anything it's saved by a, by a game cast that it doesn't do any favors for i mean you know people watch those oceans 11 movies oceans 12 oceans 13 because george clooney and brad pitt create sort of characters you remember that have sort of character traits. No one in this movie's got character traits. You don't know anything about any of them. Well, you know that Aquafina rides her skateboard. She rides her skateboard to the yeah, and she's good at stealing place. some stuff. Yeah, but she's but she's that good at, at shoplifting, and yet she's like you know ripping off bums for change on the sidewalk rather than yeah. like stealing anything worth anything. That is yeah. You know what I don't mean? Don't think about it. Don't <laughs> just don't think about it. So I, I found it kind of massively disappointing as a film. Yeah. it's It makes the original Ocean's Eleven, which is not a great movie by any means, look like a, a clockwork piece of heist cinema. Well, I wouldn't even say that. It makes Robin in the Seven Hoods look like a clockwork piece of heist, heist cinema. That might be. You know. But at any rate, it's, like I said, it's not like the biggest waste of time, yeah. but it's pretty it's uh it's not the interesting thing i read it's not too fulfilling so so the av club was talking about this movie and they didn't like it either but they were talking about how uh, apparently uh um brian de palma a, a director i like and you like oh my god had given yes. a recent a recent interview where he was like bad math and steven soderbergh a little bit being like he's not a visual director which Ooh. i think is something we've actually said on this podcast oh. But yeah, I think know, we did actually. <laughs> but but the the uh, AV Club was saying, well, the biggest argument against that is actually Ocean's Eight because if if Soderbergh's not a visual director, what does it make? Oh yeah, <laughs> that's a good Ross point. Well, 8? you know, it's almost like somebody who had like ADD directed this because it it's just so choppy. It's sad. It's so choppy because Gary Ross is an old professional. I he should have had a, he should have had a stronger hand here, and I'm I'm pretty disappointed in his work. Yeah, I w- I would certainly have assumed before you told me who the director was, 
And he's also um, credited with writing the screenplay with, co-writing, um, yeah, yeah, co-writing yeah. with Olivia Milch. Yep. And um, I would have thought, I would have definitely thought that there was somebody younger and more inexperienced that had directed and or written this. Yeah. If you told me Aquafina directed it, I'd say, okay, I'd be good like, for yeah, Stafford. Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> uh, it's also funny because there's, like I said, the 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 lady elements of this that um, I think that they sort of were like, okay, well, we're going to, you know, it was like somebody was like pushing this. They were like, okay, we're going to like make another Oceans whatever movie, but... We're gonna do it with all ladies yeah. because this is this is what we need, right? It's gonna sell it, and which is really genuinely you were like about that. I was yeah. interested. I was like, yes, I want to see ladies, you know, pulling off a heist, and um, and I think that they, I think that they failed in some respects because, like I said, they they put way too much makeup and and just dyed the crap out of people's hair until it looked like it was made of straw, and um. And and they did, you know, they did some kind of silly things. But one of the things that I think was sort of well-conceived was actually the heist itself mm-hmm. was, uh, you know, it's, again, like a lady-oriented thing. Like, probably not a lot of guys out there know what the Met Gala is. And there might be a, a large portion of the female population in this country that doesn't know what it is either. But if you get Vogue magazine... Well, it was recently in the at any, It was. Okay, so yeah. here here's a little... Here's like here's where I want to go with this, right? It it focuses around the Met Gala, which is something that used to be a little less known, and I think um, in recent years has been growing in popularity for whatever reason. I I don't know why, but it used to be a thing that literally, like, if you got Vogue magazine, you always saw a spread on it, and that was it. I you know maybe maybe People magazine occasionally had a thing, but it used to be kind of an unknown. You know, it's a charity event for the Costume Institute at the Met, which um, has been going on for what since 1948, and um, only recently has it become this huge thing where uh, you know, like basically every celebrity you can think of goes to it and wears like ridiculous outfits. Like this year's theme was, um, you know, that people dress sort of like based on what the exhibit is at the time, like that's opening. And this year's exhibit, I think, was about religious dress or, you know, dress inspired by... Yeah, um, there's some treasures from the Vatican there and stuff. Right. So a lot of the costumes or, you know, the the amazing things that people... Rihanna did, in fact. Yeah, Yeah, Rihanna, who's in this movie, was actually at the Met Gala wearing a borrowed Pope hat. Yeah, I know. It's pretty funny. Um, but anyways, uh, I don't know. I'm getting lost here. What am I talking about? What oh, are you talking so, about? So anyways, I think it's kind of cool that they use the Met Gala as their um, their setting for the yeah. heist. Yeah. No, it's, I'm it's skeptical a, whenever it's they put things at a thing. real event because I always think it like you get that scene of like things on the red carpet and it's just an excuse to like have shitty celebrity cameos. I hate those sort of things. But you're watching a movie. There's yeah, going to be... But shitty celebrity cameos. Well, who was a, a celebrity? Selena Williams was in this, and there were a couple other people that were like, yeah. I mean, you know, there was like... I, I, I'm I, not a big fan. Heidi Klum. Yeah, Heidi Klum was had some like terrible throwaway line. Oh, you know who I don't think was actually in this movie, though? Was Anna Wintour. We don't think that was really her? I, in that one come scene? on. Why would they not show her face? <laughs> 
Well, because maybe she refused to put on all the makeup that they wanted to to make her have no wrinkles at all. <laughs> but she'll put on that hair any, yeah. any well, day, every day. She's been putting on that hair for a very long time now. <laughs> I don't think she was really in it. I well, think that if it was really her in it, that they would have shown her face. Um, it's possible. Anyways, Anna Wintour is uh, the one of the major organizers of the event and has been since 1995. And I think that she's actually the reason why this event has become like a big big deal and in fact um the fundraising this is an interesting fact is uh since uh what since 1990 uh when did i say 1995 the met gala has fundraised 145 million dollars which of course is five million dollars short of the price tag of the um coveted cartier jewelry the necklace what were they, what did they call it the, i don't remember Anyway, the Cartier, the fictitious, I think it's a fictitious Cartier necklace that um, Anne Hathaway's character is wearing and has robbed from her in this movie. Can we we get into this too? They're robbing really famous jewelry, right? Yeah. What are you going to do with that after you? I, you know, I was really pretty certain that like if you stole precious diamonds that you can't just resell those because they. Yeah, you're going to sell them too. Don't they usually have like a little, like how they're cut or something? Yeah, people are going to know what they I don't know that much about diamonds, but I think like how they're cut is like a signature. So you can't just resell them. it's not like stealing money. It's it's another reason why I think it's sloppy and doesn't actually really work. It's a heist film. No, I mean, there's it's it's a movie, Nick. You're not you can't think that hard about it. <laughs> you just can't think that hard. I'm sure that the other ones don't work that well either. If you think yeah, about it, yeah, but them. they fool me a lot better than this one does. So so, anyways, it is interesting that there's this trend to make uh, remake older movies with like more uh, female led casts or all female casts. I mean, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters, the recent Ghostbusters, which I felt like died a uh, undeserved death a little bit at the box office. Um, not a perfect movie by any means. Worst thing about it was, I think, the remake of the song and then also the shitty, like, song musical part they had in the middle of it, mm. you know. But there were some really funny parts of that movie, and I felt like like it, it was it was pretty well done. This now exists. Do you think, what, 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 what sort of franchise would you like to see redone with Ladies Next? Dirty Dozen. The Dirty Dozen. The all-Lady <laughs> Dirty Dozen. I want to see Lady Samurai movies. Lady Rambo. Oh, Lady Rambo. An Iraq War veteran. Now, see, I feel like Sandra Bullock could be a Lady Rambo. I would right? probably... Wouldn't you... Well, see, she doesn't have a lot of darkness in her, though. I, I think it'd be tough to find a lot of darkness I, in You don't Sandra think Bullock. she... It, She's really? tough. Yeah, but I don't think she has a lot of, mm. like, badassery. And that, that's where I Didn't think she Didn't she get dumped? How many years ago it was that she got dumped by that dude who turned out to be, like, a neo-Nazi or whatever? I don't think he was a neo-Nazi. You're talking, okay. like, a motorcycle guy? Yeah. yeah, he was just a jerk. But Didn't I he have some he... swastikas tattooed on him and stuff? I mean, if he did, who doesn't? Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> you ask some of the the, the bad Ramones. <laughs> anyway, that's what skin grafting is for. Yeah, it, it's uh. So so you you got a no serious answer to that question because I'm curious. That's you know. No, I haven't really thought haven't about really it. Thought about it. I don't know. I'm not the kind of person that sits around thinking like, oh, this movie would be so much better if it just had ladies in it. No. No. Well, someone must clearly think that, well, right? Yeah, I mean, somebody, but it Lawrence might only be Gary Ross. I don't know. Lawrence of Arabia? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, uh, you know, I, I want to talk about the, the Met just for a second. 
Okay. I want to return. I'm going to take us back. Again for taking you back to the Met. I'm the Met's just drawing you back in. All right. Okay. So okay. So this movie, like I said, the the Met Gala is something that has been like increasing in popularity. In fact, um, the Met Gala had to increase the price tag for uh, admission to this event by ten thousand dollars. So the, now the ticket price, if you're not actually on the guest list, you can get in for $30,000, right? They, they increased it in 2014. Now, I think that's interesting, right? Because like, I think that that shows you that like it's around 2014 where they sort of saw like, oh, my God, this is getting way too popular. We need to keep out the riffraff. Apparently, $20,000 doesn't keep out no, the riffraff, no. but $30,000 does, right? So, so here's just... And, and you and I have been to the Costume Institute at the Met. Yeah. It used to be in the basement. There was like one stairway at the back of the Egyptian exhibit that like no, you there was like no way that you knew it was there. It was there was nothing that pointed it out. It was hard to find. You went down into this basement. There's no air conditioning. It was very musty. There's yeah. like a couple of displays. Yeah. It wasn't a big deal. The last time we went was a couple years ago, right? And it was crowded. There were so many people there. It was insane. We were like shoulder to shoulder with people. And that had never... I think never... I, had, I had a hissy fit in that exhibit. <laughs> Did you? you I might have had a hissy fit there too, actually. Because cause don't you remember that was like... So they were like playing this like liturgical oh, yes. choral music for these dresses. Yeah. And I was like, what the... You were... I was like, this <laughs> is the protested most... protested the this soundtrack. This is the most pompous <laughs> exhibit I have ever seen in my life. Yes. It was literally... Like, the pomposity on display with this exhibit yeah. was, was breathtaking. It, <laughs> it was. But it also matched clearly... I mean, they gave this Costume Institute a new space, which I guess that's what you get for all that fundraising. Oh. <laughs> it's like you're there right now. <laughs> and then... um. And 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 then obviously there's somehow we were like, well, who how is this memo getting out to go here? Because nobody used to go to these shows. Yeah, it was like true. I knew about them and I would drag you down to the basement yeah, and we'd yeah, have yeah. like two other people around us. Yeah. So anyways, okay. So I'm just putting out there that this particular part of the Met has increased in its uh celebrity. You know, it's it's an it's an exhibit that has increased in its own celebrity um in the past, say five, six years, something like that. Now uh, there's also another movie that's going to be coming out, and we don't know quite when, I think, but there's a, a film adaptation being made of The Goldfinch yeah. by Donna Tartt. And that has a, that opens at the Met, and there's an explosion there, and this kid ends up accidentally stealing a famous painting. Um, so I think that, that is, that's also coming out like in a couple years, right? Yeah, yeah, they're making it now. Okay, and then I just want to point out this one last fact is that the Met is no longer free to go to. Yeah, it's true. I'm not drawing conclusions. I can let you do it yourself. What are you, what are you, I, I'm not following. What are your conclusions here? I just think that there's been like this huge, massive conspiracy to like make the Met... Cool. Like, really, yep. like... Um, yeah, like to make it like seem like this... Because they need... This it. like new destination. I think they do. I think they do, actually. I think that it's kind of a weird thing where they're all of a sudden being like, hey, they must have a new board of directors or something, right? Well, yeah, yeah. The guy who who ran the Met for a long time, he had to resign because he was not doing a good job. Oh, because what? It wasn't making money? He a bunch of money, yeah. Oh. Yeah, he he did some stupid things. Well, that happens. That happens. It's true. Yeah, but I just think it's a very interesting, like, where has the Met been in movies up until now? Um, Can you well, think of other movies that take place at the Met? 
no, I feel like there's no, got to be some. Do no. they go to the Met in Royal Tenenbaums or no? No. They don't? I don't think so. Are you sure? Pretty certain. Mm. Natural History Museum makes it into a number of movies. Yeah, the Natural History Museum has its own <laughs> freaking movie franchise. Well, there's that. Yeah, United Museum. And, and uh, they started doing like sleepovers Squid there. Squid and the Whale. Squid. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about that. <laughs> the and, Squid and uh, the Whale is true. That yeah, happens there's, there. There's some others. There's yeah. some others too. End of Election, I believe, is at the Natural History Museum in New York City. Oh, yeah. Wait, no. Isn't that in D.C.? I thought that election ended in D.C. Is it D.C.? Maybe it's D.C. I don't remember. We'll get back to that. Anyway. um, But I don't think that the Met has ever really... Huh. Well, that's an interesting interesting thing. Yeah. It's so hot right now. The Met is so hot right now. But if you don't live in New York City, you have to pay, what is it, 26, 28? Is it 28, I think? Is it up to $28 per person? It used to be that if poor people out there, if you never went to the Met, and you those those, those antiquities your... belong to us, the people. <laughs> they do, but only if you live in New York. You should storm the gates of the Met. <laughs> it's not the Smithsonian, <laughs> Nick. My God, <laughs> but essentially, but it, it is. It's funded by the Smithsonian partially. Tax yeah, money goes to the Met. I know, but only New York City taxpayer money. No, no, federal. Know. They get federal grant. Well, anyways, if you live in New York City, you are blessed by being able to still go to the Met for free. And it's so hot right now, so just do it. It's but a nice museum. It is a great museum, and it's just funny that, like, up until now, it seems like one of those things that, like, I don't know, nobody... I mean, I've been there just gobs of time in my yeah, life, yeah. And, and, and you have, too. Even before I was in New York, I would go there, you know? I mean, that's, like, that's where you go, right? But, um, but yeah, I just think it's really funny, those three things. I'm just putting it out there. Just observations. There. Just okay. my observations. But I do like that this happens at the Met Gala. I think it's a pretty fun... Uh, I, I, I will give credit to the writers for making that a key component of this because I think for gearing it towards women and like women-related kinds of things, that was a good choice. That what, was the what, only they, good choice, is maybe. There, is there like a, a flower festival they could have done? There's the Philadelphia Flower Show, I think. Like, come on. Maybe that's, that's Ocean's great. Nine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or just putting the, it out there. Uh, some sort of DC I want credit heist, for that. DC heist and <laughs> Cherry Blossom Week in Washington, D.C. <laughs> I mean, that to me sounds, sounds like more fun. I don't know. There's nothing that like, there's not like celebrities going to the Cherry Blossom Festival, I don't think. No? Don't Ma- think so. And maybe not to the flower show either. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. There's like, um, what is the the Vanity Fair Oscar party in L.A.? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. that one's like a pretty big, I think that could be the next Oscar one, right? And, yeah. well, that see, seems too obvious, though, doesn't it's it? It's so inside baseball to do it is. things with all I mean, I don't... <laughs> I kind of wouldn't put it past this writing team, though, to do something that tacky. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> All right. Is there anything else we need to say about that movie? Um, oh, oh, the soundtrack, the score. So the score, I think, in the first few minutes, I looked at you and I was like, this sounds like the score from Get Shorty. Yeah, I did. There was that. Like, minus any Booker T and the MG. There was that in 90s, there. like, you know, slightly cool jazz heist vibe it was like yeah they'd, they'd watched a couple 90s movies where heists happened and they they were like going off of that and then it changed a little bit but this this movie actually had a similar problem i think to ghostbusters and its credit song which was uh these boots were made for walking by nancy sinatra yeah but a really really bad version of it and yeah. it's funny because they use the same they use the actual nancy sinatra vocals which is what people usually complain about with that song i personally think she's a great singer but a lot of people call Nancy Sinatra's singing abilities into question. Anyway, 
they just had like a lot of like slap bass, you know? Yeah, and it was I wanna, weird. I want to I want to reiterate that when you slap the bass, it's like you're slapping my face. Oh. It's never a good idea. Never. It's so sad. So it was it was another another really kind of tacky awkward choice yeah. of a theme song in a all lady remake. This seems to be a theme. I wouldn't call this a remake. I don't think it's a remake. Well, I mean, it's a remake as much as the Ghostbusters movie is a remake. Yeah, yeah. but I don't know. I I still wouldn't call it a remake. Well, what would you call it? Well, because I mean, like it's it's just an extension of this movie franchise. Well, okay, an extension. Yeah. Of this movie franchise. So. Without the good parts. Yeah. They <laughs> <laughs> took out the good parts and they just anyways i'll fill her yeah anyhow so are we done talking about that movie i believe so all right so uh we're just gonna very briefly mention life of the party our second feature which i feel like definitely we don't have the after you know, ate all the popcorn <laughs> yeah before we got more snacks before we got more snacks we got some <laughs> lemonade there Oh, it was great. Um, Brownies. But anyways, Anyways. yeah, so so we saw Life of the Party. Right, which I, again, it's, you know, one of those things where I I saw the preview for it and I thought, eh, I mean, I love Melissa McCarthy. I think she's a really genuinely funny person and, um, you know, and she doesn't always do great work, but I was like, this one could be not terrible. It could be it could make me laugh a little bit. So we, 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 uh, reparked our car and we, I think we missed a good like 10 minutes of the beginning of it, but, uh, we saw the majority of the movie and wow. Was it kind of just like nothing ever happened? It, well, it was, it was a strange, it was not, it was not an unpleasant film. Uneventful. Because it was not, had, it had some funny bits. It had some, you know, likable actors in it. But let me tell you, it was probably the worst made film I have seen in years. You think it was worse made than Ocean's 8? Oh my god, yes. Really? Yes. The editing wasn't as jarring. Yeah, but but you but knew everything where you were else all about the time. it was made so poorly. Really? So poorly. Like the sets, everything about it was made really poorly. And and just the 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 way that the plot was supposed to work together just doesn't doesn't work at all. I, They've got one entire plot? scenes that did you? That wh- what was the no plot, sense. Nick? And even the, some <laughs> of the funny scenes, like at one point, Melissa McCarthy, who's supposed to be afraid of public speaking, which is ridiculous because she's Melissa she's like McCarthy. the most well, she's also like the most outgoing person in the entire yeah. film, and then she's afraid of speaking in she front of like, people that she speaks to all the she time. Like it has this like she sweats a whole bunch and like you know has this breakdown while she's trying to public speak, and it starts to be funny, and then she's like, oh, I need a drink of water, and she like steals <laughs> it from a kid in front. I'm laughing just thinking about, and it. then all of a sudden, like she gets these. I don't know what she's like doubling over in this really weird she's way. Like doing some dry heaving or something. And it's like, it's, is it from the water? Or is she getting cramps know. from water? Like, I, I don't, don't even know I literally possible. don't understand what they were going for in any possible way. But it made me laugh. But they that left that scene, in there. That scene didn't make any sense, but it actually made me laugh. It's making me laugh now well, because it's so funny. But it didn't work. It didn't <laughs> but work. she's really funny. There's a lot of stuff that doesn't work in this movie. Uh, and it's because it's directed and written by Melissa McCarthy and her husband. Yeah. And I think that's a bad idea, Melissa McCarthy. Go uh, back to, to making movies with Sandra Bullock. Those were great. The heat was so funny, yeah, right? right? Totally, totally. Mm. Um, so, Spy okay. was pretty great, too. So, Life of the Party, essentially, what? Melissa McCarthy plays a character whose husband divorces her, and she decides that she's going to go back to college and finish getting her anthropology degree. And her daughter is already going to I the same it was college. Oh, sorry. sorry. Yes. 
Yeah, no, 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 even more useless of a degree. Archaeology. So she like her daughter she, is going to she, school there. She like enrolls there. in the middle of the term because that's what you do. She shows up at classes and doesn't know who the professor is going to be because of course it's who would know that sort of thing? On your schedule, like none of it makes any sense. She's living it's, in a dorm. It's like somebody had college sort of described to them one time and try to make a movie set in that world. It makes no sense at all. Okay, it's yeah, it makes no sense. But it also like it's it's. It's reason. almost like nothing happens in it. It's such a weird, yeah. weird plot. It's like this entire plot, like there's all these things that you would think would be ending in sort of like disastrous consequences for the characters, but they really don't. They have no, it's no like, consequences whatsoever. It's kind of like, yeah. in fact, every single, everything in this movie is about second chances, right? It's like, a, you know, Melissa McCarthy gets a second chance to go to school. She gets like second chances to like, you know, reconnect with her daughter. She gets like every single thing, like even like in terms of that public speaking assignment, she gets a second chance to do that. Everything in this movie is about second chances, right? Yeah. Except her marriage has failed in it and there's no second chance. I think that's kind of an unusual choice. Like there's nothing in this movie plot wise to uh, try and steer her back towards her marriage with her husband. That's the only thing that there's no second chances on. But and it's kind of like it's you're almost thinking a, deeper about this movie than anyone ever has. No, no, I'm not saying that there's any like special significance. I'm just saying that to me, it's a really weird choice to have that not be part of the plot at all. Like never, like any yeah. other comedy, you would have it be like, oh well, the comedy means that this this romantic couple has to reunite. You know what I mean? That would be the plot of like any other movie, and this one it is not at all. It's not even like remotely discussed there's no possible way the only thing that melissa mccarthy does in it is she thinks oh well maybe i'll forgive him for leaving me she's never like never once is like oh i want to get back together with him yeah and that doesn't uh, the only thing i want to say about this movie this is it is that uh maya rudolph is really funny in it i've never seen her be as funny as she is in this movie that is a weird lady and she's lovely and weird in this movie. She's she's a really wonderful brand of weird. And that's the only reason to watch it, I think. Yeah. I think otherwise it is like the worst movie. Christina well, Aguilera shows up hey. at one time, at one point, and it's terrible. If I was Christina Aguilera, I'd be like, let me write my own lines, please. Because these lines you wrote for me. I think me. she might have written them. Well, then she... I think she just said whatever she was going to say. Yeah. They're, they're, it's not an unpleasant movie. It's no, like no, it's like no, strangely no. too pleasant though. That's what yeah. I'm saying is like for me it's strangely too pleasant because like nothing really negative ever happens in it. It's like the it's like Melissa McCarthy gets to go and like trash this wedding reception and then what? There's there's no consequences. It's kind of the most amazingly consequenceless world that well, I've ever seen. It in a ends movie. up with uh, with them trying to throw a party to raise money to keep Melissa McCarthy in school because she needs twelve thousand dollars, <laughs> and apparently that's twelve thousand dollars will get you. That's there. a whole lot of money for a, an adult. Apparently, apparently, yeah. you know, um, she doesn't have a four hundred one k to tap into or anything like that. No. So so they're doing this thing with like you know they're gonna throw a party. They're gonna say Christina Aguilera is gonna show up and people are gonna go and pay money and and uh raise the money for her to continue school but in the middle of this it undercuts itself by having melissa mccarthy's parents show up and offer to her just give her the money yeah you know what i mean where were they the whole time but it's just like like it it makes it makes low stakes into no stakes there's like no way that she can fail yeah it's kind of weird um i would like to also point out that this is like a really sex positive movie which yeah. That's another thing I enjoyed about it. 
But again, kind of weird. Like Melissa McCarthy hooks up with a guy who's a student about the same age as her daughter. Yeah. And I think so probably what, a senior maybe in college? And so they end up saying, yeah. And uh, he's like super into her and like wants to have like a real relationship with her and just can't get enough of her. And it's, it's, I enjoy how that's treated because there's a lot of, there's a lot of like sex shaming in movies and there's a lot of prudishness in American film right now. Like, and there was actually more yeah. sex happening in Life of the Party than in Ocean's 8. Yeah. How, like, who's making these decisions, right? <laughs> like, who, who doesn't want to see sex in movies, right? Before like the early 2000s, every movie had a sex scene pretty much. And there was like, you got to see boobs in like every other movie pretty much. Yeah. So it's just... It's the international market. I know, it's the international market. But I just like that somebody is bold enough to say, oh, we're going to put like sex scenes in these movies or or, like at least that there's going to be sex talked about. Yeah. And it's not going to be negative. It's not going to be in order to manipulate somebody. It's not going to be, you know, in order to like structure any kind of uh, plot, you know, in terms of the relationships and stuff. It's it's really just like to throw in there because who doesn't enjoy sex? It's funny. And, and it's then fun. like Maya and Rudolph and her husband like yeah. are like reminded that sex is a thing and they're like, oh, we should have sex, you know? And yeah, 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 yeah. Anyways, it's, it's cute and that's funny and I like that part of it and yeah. I wish that that would like the kind tone's of, fine, you know. It's just carry over it's just a mess movies. of a piece of writing. It is a mess. mess of a piece this of directing true. and all that sort of stuff. But what are you going to do? I mean, it was the second feature at a drive-in. It so, was. You know. <laughs> I'm way more excited to see the Melissa McCarthy movie coming out where she plays an author who is forging letters. Yeah, that looks like And Richard E. Grant is her friend. Yeah, yeah. That one, I'm really excited. Yeah, I think we like, have to wait a while for that one, but that one that I'm excited like about. an actual movie as opposed to these things. Yes. Melissa McCarthy, I'm glad you're happy in your marriage, but please don't make movies with your husband anymore. But isn't it interesting to see people make films with their spouses? Sort of, but I wish that they were better at it. I mean, you know, A Quiet Place is another perfect example of yeah, that. Yeah, and it's also not very good. <laughs> also a piece of crap. So generally, <laughs> people, if you're going to work with your spouse, I mean, you're not going to make something really successful, but I hope you have fun, doing, you have fun it. doing it. Yeah. I would make a movie with you, Nick, and it might suck, but I would still enjoy making it. Well, I wouldn't try to foist it on the world if it sucks. <laughs> It'd just be for at-home use only. Yeah. I don't know. That's You're getting into different territory there. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to wrap this Let's up Let's end now, it right there. And uh, we'll talk to you again really soon because we're going to go see Hereditary <gasps> We're going to see Scary Movie. Which is a movie so scary, audiences hate it. Yeah, That's right I can't up our alley. wait. That's right up our alley. Yes. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks.
girl from the office is third. She still lives with her mom, it's absurd. She works in diamonds, but has no money. Every brown person is poor, it's not funny. 